on Ruach, the breath of God. It's um, without it, we have nothing. And without it, maybe I need to make it more personal. Without the Ruach, you have nothing. See, when I say we, you have a tendency to lean on, well, I'm better off than the next person. Can I tell you, without God, you're nothing. And everything that we have, everything that we're able to do, we have it because of God. Because he breathed the breath of life into our lives. And uh, some people get, we talked about it a little bit more on Wednesday. If you're not coming on Wednesday to do follow-up on this series, I'm just going to, I'm going to suggest that you do. I'm going to encourage you that you do. Um, Because we're digging in a little bit deeper on Wednesdays. It's a little different environment. Sundays we try to keep it kind of, kind of even. I'm not very good at that, but I try. Um, but Wednesdays we want to, we want to break the bread even more. We want to break it into crumbs. Um, I, I just want to see everything that God's got for us. And until we actually break open the Word and actually get into the Word, we'll never know what God has for us. Um, that's the only thing that we have that gives us direction in life. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, I'm going to try to attempt this. I've got some notes, and I want to try to stick to it because I believe that some of it is very uh, direct for some of you. And uh, I want to make sure I don't pass you by this morning. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Starting at verse 1, I'll read through verse 10. And uh, then maybe I'll come back and try to break it down if I don't get stopped somewhere in the middle. I've entitled this message this morning, Breath of Life. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. You ready? All right, I got two. Let's try it again. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. You ready? All right, let's go. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can... These bones live, so I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinew together. The sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. 
prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Just to give you a little context, Ezekiel has been given a vision. And what Israel, what, what Ezekiel is seeing right now is, is Israel and how Israel has become so desolate. And Ezekiel was brought up, I think at the age of 13 he began his ministry. This is why I tell people all the time, don't look at the vessel, listen to the word. But at 13, here he is, he's, he's gathering his things and, and begins out his little walk with God. And now God's bringing him into this vision of Israel and, and how they've just been, they've been laid to waste. And Ezekiel's looking at these dead, dry bones in this valley. And, and God is wanting to tell him that this is what I want you to do. I want you to go into Israel and I want you to prophesy to Israel that you can live. That you will once again come and stand again as a great army. And he's looking around and he sees all of these dead bones lying and scattered apart in the desert. I wonder how many of us have bones in our life that are scattered throughout our life. There might be one part of our life over here and if we look hard enough we might find another part under the couch and if we look hard enough yet again we might find another one laying out in the backyard there's the every part of us we have that is or I'm, I'm, i'll say it like this every one of us have parts in our life that are scattered and we all need to have this message of hope again. We all need to have this, this opportunity of, of having faith to build back in us once again so that our faith in Him grow. And that we don't get so shallow in our faith that we begin to base how much faith we have on God aside with our circumstance. We don't look at, our well, if this is the way it's going to be, I guess... God's not going to do. Too many times we look at the situation and the circumstance in our life and that evaluates or that dials up, that becomes our barometer in the faith that we have in God. Well, he might be able to do that, but he can't do this because I've been there. And if we aren't careful, we get caught up in that. And that becomes evolution to us. Because the more that we experience the things that God isn't doing according to our expectation, we begin to allow this to evolve in us and we get to the point we don't even ask anymore. We don't go and speak to the things. That's half of the problem with the church. And I believe this word is for the church as a total church. And I believe this is for individuals this morning. Because we have failed in our approach to life. We have said, God, if it's your will, I hope that you'll let this happen. And the whole time his word says, this is his will. And you have the authority to speak to that. 
But we are asking for things that he's telling us to speak to. Stop asking if he will and start standing and say you will. That's right. We have too much scattered bones in our life. And every one of us have this tendency. We, we tend to them. And, and sometimes it's, it's much easier just to kick something under the couch. When you're cleaning, when you're cleaning, it's easier to sweep things under the rug. But can I tell you, those things in which you hide in the dark will soon come. We've got to be very, very mindful of who it is we serve. Ezekiel said that the hand of God come upon him and he sat me. In a valley. How many of you feel like that you're sitting? Well, maybe you don't feel like it now. Maybe you're just excited right now. We got everything stirred up and you're ready to go, man. Your faith just stood up inside of you and you're ready to run around and take on the world. But if truth be known, sometimes we feel like that we're in a valley. And I don't know. You, you're going to have to you're going to have to fill in some blanks here, so you're going to have to be attentive. You're going to have to fill in some blanks. What is it that you feel like that you're in a valley in? I mean, it, it may be anything. I could go down a list, and I would probably hit you. But for time's sake, because I told you 30 minutes and I'm out. For time's sake, you fill in the blank. What part of your life is in a valley? Is it spiritually, emotionally, is it relationally, is it financially, is it health? What is it? Where, where is your valley this morning? And, and here's the problem. Ezekiel recognized that God's hand come upon him and God set him in the valley. We get excited when God's hand's on us and life is good. But as soon as God sets us in a valley to show us something, to challenge us. And here I think he's challenging Ezekiel. I'm wanting you to step out. I'm wanting you to say something to dead things. I want you to go and do this. But see, if we get so caught up in our life of how good everything is, we're never in a predicament where we have to stand up and take a fight. Many of us would like to flee from a fight. We don't like, I love controversy. I like controversy. For a couple of different reasons. But I don't run from controversy. And as Christian people, we should be willing to stand and fight the Bible says that we should defend the gospel. Be ready to defend the gospel. Are you ready this morning to defend the gospel? I'm not talking about defend theology. I'm talking about to defend the gospel. Can you this morning put on your armor and stand now and defend the gospel? Are you ready? Come on, pastor, you're pushing me. Hard. Hard. Because we get set, we get set in these valleys. We see all the dead things in our life. This starts happening. That starts happening. This goes on. That goes on. And the next thing you know, our valley is full 
of what we consider dry bones. Because see, some of the things that we tend with right now are things that we have tended with for years. Well, God's not done it yet, so I... Hey, God's going, do you not remember that my hand is on you? Do you not remember that I was the one that created you and that breathed life into you? I set you here. I set you here to learn. I set you here to mature. I set you here to grow. I set you here to become strengthened. And all we can get focused on is the dead things that won't come about the way that we anticipate or the way that we are expecting them to. Do y'all remember... Do y'all remember John, the revelator, when he said that I heard a voice behind me and it spoke? I mean, it was like thunder. Can I tell you that no matter if you're in the valley or if you're on the mountaintop, God's voice doesn't change. He will speak as loud in the valley as he does on the mountain. And he'll speak as loud on the mountain as he does on the valley. We're talking about the same God that rattled Mount Sinai. This is the same voice that John the Revelator heard. And here Ezekiel finds himself in the middle. He's standing in the valley and he heard God say to him, Prophesy. Prophesy. He asked, he asked him, he said, Do you do you think these dry bones can live? See, some of y'all, y'all some of you come from like maybe the the uh, the anointed side of religion. You quote the KJV and you carry a bottle of anointing oil in your back pocket. That's like an American Express. You don't go home without it. You, you keep it with you, right? And, and you, you, you're probably standing here just wondering, well, go, well sure, I, I, I know they can live with God. See, there's sometimes that I really question myself. Can they? But the thing that I have found out is that not only whether I know it or not, it doesn't really matter. I know someone that does know. And he knows. Surely you know. Why would you ask me that? But too many times we lean on what we know. What we think. We know. How many of you in here have found out that you're not as smart as you thought you were? (laughs) Sean, you better raise your hand before you walk out too. There's a lot of things in life that we learned that we thought we knew and we had no clue. Because, see, God will challenge your mind. He will challenge the way you think, the challenge you, the way you see things. And you've got to be willing to see things differently. We have to learn, like we were talking the other night, you've got to call these things that aren't as if they are. 
You've got to begin to speak life in a hopeless situation. But we get so depressed. And we get so caught up. Because it hasn't changed now. What makes me think it's going to change tomorrow? Oh, pastor, it's been this way for 10 years. It goes back to the beginning. Maybe you're asking for what you should be speaking to. But here's Ezekiel. He's standing and he's having to prophesy to these dead, dry bones that's been left in a valley scattered and God's telling him to look at a situation that seems impossible and he's telling him I want you to stand and I I don't want you just to prophesy to the dead bones because see here something took place when he began to prophesy these bones began coming bone to bone Aren't you glad that if it was us, we didn't get our wife's bone in her leg? Or I, Never mind. Just my crazy thinking. But bone began to come to bone. Muscle came to muscle. Skin covered the muscle. All of this stuff took place. And now, and see, oh. Sometimes in life, we look at the appearance and go, hmm, it's okay. And it's still dead. You might think it's all together. You might think that, man, it is good, all is well. But before there is breath, there is no life. Ezekiel is sitting here. I can just imagine his thought process and his his idea that, that arose maybe. And he sees all these things come together. He goes, oh, okay, now they can live. Now they're living. Now it's all good. And God said, no, no. All you done was put the pieces of the puzzle together. See, what you done was act like he's supposed to be acting right. Even when... He ain't acting like you think he should be acting. She said, I got it wrong. I think she ought to say it because I said it wrong. That's what I was instructed. They're waiting patiently. See what happens? No, no, she's going, did he say it right? Am I going to say it wrong? It's basically you're, you're acting like they should. You're acting as if they're acting the way they should be acting, even when whatever. <laughs> basically, you're looking at something the way it should be, not the way that it is. And you got me sidetracked when you done that. I just, we're at 30, it's at 32 minutes now. But Ezekiel's sitting here looking at all of this just like you and I will. When everything, we start putting our pieces together. Now it's coming back to me. We do our part. 
But it's not until God does his part. You might think you got it together. But if God breathed on it, it'd be ten times better. See, all he wants us to do is get our life in order. Why don't you prioritize me? Why don't you seek me first? And then all these other things to be added. See, when you seek, they just, God just has people just, they just, y'all ain't got it yet. One day you're going to get it. See, I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. And this is one thing that, 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 that has hit me here recently. Because in the day that we had nothing, we gave. And I'm not saying that we were just a little shy. I said in the days that we had nothing, we gave. Oh, you coming after our money now, preach it? I'm not coming after it. He is. Because he said, uh-oh. Show me where a man's finances are, I'll show you where his heart's at. Well, y'all hate preacher this morning. We want him to be Lord. He said, prophesy to the four winds. Now, four winds don't mean just north, south, east, and west. That, that's not what it's about. The four winds represent the entire The four winds represent the totality of God's breath. See, you can't stop calling on the breath to fix just what you think needs to be fixed. Start prophesying to four winds, to all of it. God, blow on the things that I think are alive. Well, we talking about life. We ain't talking about death. <laughs> but that's what many of us don't do because we don't, we don't want God playing over here because we think our marriage is good. Yeah. Come don't come over here and challenge because, I, I mean, it's good. Why do I have to, why has she got to argue with me all the time? <laughs> he said, I'm trying to fix you. Yeah. Well, can you fix her? Yeah, I'm fixing her too, but I'm going after you. Marriage counseling is at 2.30 this afternoon. <laughs> oh, well, God, look, okay, God, <sighs> prophesy to the, breathe on my finances. Don't make me have to do some more work. Come on. Don't make me change anything up in my life. Just give me some money. I'm trying to help somebody. We're always wanting, we're always wanting God to breathe, but we want him to breathe directionally. And God said, if I'm going to breathe, I'm going to breathe on everything. It's all or nothing. Because he said, you can't serve two masters. See, sometimes y'all think I get out of context and I get out scripturally. I'm still with it. It's right there. You can't have it your way and his way. 
it's his way or nothing. Yeah, but does that mean I'm, I didn't say you're not saved? I'm just saying, don't you want to don't you want to live a life more abundantly? Why don't you let him have control? Rocky, why don't you let him have control? There to help some of y'all out. I know you ain't got it all together, Pastor. I don't. I'm talking to myself. Why's it got to be Rocky? See what I mean? Everything's got to be something about Pastor. Of course it's going to be. When will we get it together to where we begin looking at the dead things in our life and begin speaking to them things to live? Why are we constantly walking around with our head down? Why are we constantly walking around in the fight? I posted yesterday about the church, man. The church has got to get away from this little help set series that they got going on to make you feel good so that when you leave, oh, man, I feel much better. I don't want you to leave feeling, oh, much better. I want you to leave going, God, what can I fix today? When you become so arrogant on yourself that you feel good, Look at the Bible. I'm sure there's something in there that God said, hey, you ought to work on this. You could get a lot closer. Oh, you're going to get challenged. <laughs> no, we need to. We need to. We need to rise to the occasion. We need to rise to the challenge. Ezekiel had to rise to the challenge. Man, what a big challenge that is. We barely will say anything at all. Most of us, we, we pray so silently, I'm wondering if God even hears us. But really, But I got to help the religious crowd too. He already knows the thoughts of your heart even before you say it. I know. But he also says, make your request known. Open your mouth. Use your words. That's what they tell Sadie when she was. Now they can't say that because she goes like this and like this and like this. She can do it in sign language too. She ain't got to open her mouth to say it. So, but we got to get her back to scripture. <laughs> You, look, you, the Bible said that he said, let there be. 
The Bible didn't say he thought. Now, words come before thought, or words come after thought. So it's not that he didn't think about it, but he spoke it. Why? It's his breath. So Ezekiel turns and prophesies to the four winds. Listen to what he said. Come from the four winds, O breath. Come from everywhere. And breathe on these slain that they may live. He wasn't asking God to send a breath. He prophesied to the breath. He spoke and told them what to do. And breath came into them. And they lived. We're still on the Ruach series, and I, I've, got to, I've got to rewind a second because I don't want you to lose focus on the breath of God and how the breath of God brings direction in our life and how the, the breath of God brings life to our existence, how he took us from where we were dead and brought us to life standing on our feet. This is the same breath. It's the same breath that breathed over the waters at creation. It's the same breath that called Lazarus from the dead. The same breath that revived the church in John 20 when Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the same breath that Ezekiel right now is prophesying to. This is the same breath that Ezekiel is calling to. The same breath that proclaimed, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The same breath that sent a word to the centurion's servant and he was healed. This is the same breath that Ezekiel is bringing forth now. The same breath that spoke the words, it is finished. The same breath that rattled the mountaintops at Mount Sinai when Moses received the Ten Commandments. The same breath that said, Talitha Kaum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. This is the same breath that Ezekiel is speaking of. The same breath that cried out from the little manger in Bethlehem. The same breath that raised the bread and the fish to heaven and gave thanks and fed over 5,000 people. It's the same breath that breathed and the water stood and heaped as the Israels crossed over on dry ground. It's the same breath that the Father said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's the same breath that proclaims that I am the bread of life. This is the breath that Ezekiel is calling on. He wasn't just inadvertently calling to a wind, to a breeze. He wanted the authority and the power and the breath of God to blow into a dead and dry situation. 
We've got to stop calling upon religion. We've got to stop calling upon things that are set. You got to do this first. You got to do that second. You got. You need to be calling on the breath of God to begin to breathe into your circumstances. I don't know what it is that haunts you. I don't know what it is that's got you in bondage. But you need to stand as Ezekiel stood and speak to the four winds and call breath to the breath of life, you need to call that back into your circumstance. If it's dead, it shall live. The church has laid down. The church has the appearance of God. They've got the beautiful little steeples. They've got the lights that shine on them. They've got the huge red front doors. And you walk in. And it's dry bones. There's no power. Because all we preach is the help series to make you feel better, to make you feel good about yourself, to get you on your day. We need to get back to preaching the gospel. If you don't preach the gospel, nothing lives. Oh, you can have temporary fixes, and I hope they carry you from day to day. But can I tell you at the end? It's dead. It's dead. You can't add enough money to a circumstance to make it go away. You can't, you can't sit in front of enough counselors to cause love to enter back into your heart again. I hope I probably pissed some off right there. Can I say it? It's in the KJV. I ain't got nothing bad against counselors. But why do we always go to counselors first and not go to God? Why are we not speaking? Why are we not looking at our spouses and saying, you will act right? In the authority of Jesus. Y'all know that's the name of Jesus. Name means authority. We've been talking about it. We talked about it Wednesday about how we pray in the name of Jesus and we don't even know what we're doing. We're just stamping our email very respectfully in the name of Jesus. And we don't know that what we're saying is, I'm praying this, God, I'm asking this, I'm talking to you about this in the authority of Jesus. Oh, that brings a different light to it, don't it? See, I don't, I don't approach things now in the name of Jesus. I approach them in the authority of Jesus. Because there were many other men named Jesus. In the name of Aaron. <laughs> really? Now, he might be able to bring authority in different perspectives. Depending on where he's at and how he's... But he don't have the authority I need. 
I need the authority of Jesus in my life. How many of you are sitting in the valley? And you've got dead things all around you. Don't you just, I just wish it could be better. It's like me riding down the road looking at the lottery board going, man, I wish I could win $10 million and never play it. And then go, duh, that's stupid. You want it and you won't play it, but never mind. Now people go, well, hey, you do that, you're going to go to hell. Huh? Whatever. Go invest in your 401s and your IRAs and you can discuss that with somebody else. What's dead in your life? That needs to be living. Can you put your finger on one thing this morning? Can you put your finger on one thing in your life? I don't, is it an illness, a sickness, a relation problem, a finance problem, your mental health, your heart, your feet? What you what's dead in your life that needs to live? Then speak to it. You got something dead in your life, speak to it. Stop sitting back and wishing that the world would be much nicer. Oh, I wish life would be a little bit easier. And the church, do you understand what the church, no, do you understand what you were given? When Christ died for you. Well he saved me. Well that's good. What comes with that? Everything. Y'all know how to spell that? It's E-V-A thing. Everything. He said how in the world did he graduate? Barely. Can I tell you this morning that you were prophesied over? I prophesied that God would arrest you in the areas that you don't see that need to be arrested. I prophesied that those areas in your life that you've struggled in would live. Not by my power but by the authority of Jesus I prophesied that all four winds would blow in your life that he would speak to you in areas where you hear nothing else but his voice I prophesied over you this morning that you would live and not die that you would be the head and not the tail. Did you know that your obedience brings blessing? Did you know that? If he wouldn't have been obedient, if Ezekiel wouldn't have been obedient, he would have never seen the dead bones live. But because he was obedient and spoke what he was told to speak, look what happened to Israel. 
Look what happens to the church. The church has been dead long enough. I said the church has been dead long enough. I said the church has been dead long enough. How often are you going to go to a well to draw water that is dry? And we ask ourselves, why doesn't the church grow? Because when people walk in, they see dead bones. Man, we can't even put a smile on our face in church. We are so burdened by life. We've struggled so much with conscious efforts in the morning before we come to church that we sit and we go, be glad when he's done. I didn't even want to come this morning. I probably should have said amen there and received that, but I don't know why I did. There's no really reason. I thought he told us 30 minutes this morning. And he's been 33. I just, I, I just want to go home. I mean, it's supposed to be a nice day. I, I wonder what he's doing today. You know, I've got stuff to do on Tuesday. I've got a meeting on Monday. Hope boss ain't going to be mad on Monday. Hope he's just going to be nice and chill. I say it lightly, but I couldn't be more serious. Some of you old fuddy-duddies, laughter is like medicine to the bones. You don't want to hurt as much? Try laughing. Pastor, they got crazy. No, I just got wordy. Some of you sitting here weak. Don't know if I can carry on. It's the joy of the Lord. Amen. That's your strength. Amen. Miss Linda, I have to deal with people like this every day, all day. It gets weary on me. That's why I drink the Mio with energy. Because they wear me out. Uh. Those that wait upon the Lord. He shall renew their strength. Waiting is what? It's not just. It's dwelling. But see, we have to, wait a minute. We have to learn how to praise him. Because if we don't praise him, he's not there. Well, pastor, hang on a minute. I'm coming. He inhabits 
the praises of his people. What's that mean? That's where he dwells. Wouldn't it be nice just to have him up in your business? Praise him. I tell people all the time, you want Jesus to fix something? Praise him. If you complain to him, he's probably going to hear you. (sighs) Y'all seen that? What's that one thing? You know what I'm talking about. You travel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay. The thinking guy. They ought to give him a commode. Sorry. <laughs> Women wouldn't understand. The man, this is where the men get, this is where we get revelation sometimes. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you, want, if you want God in your business, praise him. Do you really think he wants to walk down holding your hand on the street when you're going, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to ride with you in the car. I just don't know. Push out. <laughs> Hang out on 9th and 10th. I'll be back in a little bit. Who wants to be like that? All? I don't look. I got enough problems of my own. I don't want to be hung around with other people that just weigh on theirs. I'd just rather deal with mine and praise him the best that I can praise him when you ain't around because you hinder me. Thirty-six minutes. God's got a word for you this morning. Your life won't change if you do the same thing next week that you've done this week. It's not going to change. Now, that doesn't mean go in and we'll talk after church. <laughs> I was talking to Taylor. She's Taylor. Taylor. Miss Pat, you got to try something different this week. I don't know what you tried last week. I don't know what you did. Don't know how it happened. Don't know how it turned out. I just know if you want it to change from last week to this week, you have to do something different this week. I don't know, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, but do something different. Instead of getting up on the right side of the bed every morning, try getting up on the left side. Oh, switch it up. Put her on your side. No, you, by Facebook, by YouTube.